Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Learner's Corner podcast. This is the podcast for lifelong learners where we learn from anything and everything. My name is Kayla Mason. And my name is Todd Ixenball, a.k.a. the Todd Father. And we have a great episode for you today. Today we are talking with Gina McLean. Now, Gina. Gina is formerly the Children's Ministry Director at Faith Promise Church. And she is going to be the next-gen pastor at Crosspoint Church. Nashville, the big one. Yes. Oh. Now, this may be news to you because Gina just wrote a book called "Don't." Quit. She just wrote a book called "Don't Quit," and we actually talk with her about why she quit, how to leave well, and what she's learned from this, and a plethora. You like that word? A plethora Ooh, of many different education. things as well. Education. And we're so excited about this conversation. But before we go into this conversation, Todd, you have something you want to share with us. Yeah. So our resource of the week this week is going to be an article that I wrote. Um, it came out uh, this week. And it, it's it's about transition. So we're talking with Gina kind of about her book. But really, the bulk of what we're talking about is transitioning to leadership and how to do that well. And I recently, a couple months ago, I left a job and transitioned as well. And I learned a ton. And the further out, it's funny, the further out I've gotten from that moment, the more that I've realized that I actually learned and grew. And so I wrote uh, I wrote an article about it. That's going to be our resource of the week. You can catch that on Medium. You can also, you guys can see it in the show notes, but it's going to be the platform that we use for all of our articles is Medium. So you can find us there on Todd's and I see Mason's dropping some stuff. On mine as well. Now, as we mentioned, we had a great conversation with Gina McLean, and we're going to jump into that conversation right now. Well, Gina, we're so excited to have you on the Learner's Corner podcast today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You know, we're really excited to talk with you today. And, you know, as we were preparing for this interview, you let us know that you're actually getting ready to leave. Actually, you've kind of left Faith Promise Church already, and you're getting ready to, you know, transition to Crosspoint in Nashville. And so... Uh You know, tell us a little bit about that and kind of what you're learning right now. How's that time off in between jobs, too? Like, how's that oh going? Oh, my gosh. Well, I'd love to say that it's restful, but that would be an absolute lie. <laughs> um, it's not. No, it's true. I am. I just transitioned away from Faith Promise Church as of last Tuesday, and uh, I turned in my, my fob and my computer and, um, and uh, closed that chapter, and now I'm going to be transitioning to Crosspoint Church at the beginning of June. So there's a couple of weeks. There's a gap there, yeah, uh, where I am. I'm not thinking about volunteer teams and <laughs> leader development and things like that. Um, I'm actually just thinking about selling my home and getting rid of things that I haven't touched in eight years. So there's uh, there's there's that happening. So it's not as restful as I like to think that it would be, Todd, but. You know, that's okay. That's because that's because you have a family and stuff. See, like whenever yes. I go and quit, I'm just like, right. hey, yes. I'm taking a week and just doing right. me, mom. Like I'm right. doing me. Yeah. yeah. You know what's great is my son, my oldest, our oldest just graduated high school yesterday. Oh. So, um, so I I walked away from, you know, my final day at Faith Promise was last Tuesday. We had his his uh, graduation party that night. We had his graduation ceremony last night, 
uh, tonight will be spent getting prepared for our daughter's Sweet 16 birthday party, which is tomorrow night. So this week, there's been no you're, rest. You're such a nice uh-huh. mom. Wow, you're so oh, nice. This is so know. nice. I don't know. Yeah. So it's been it's been a little bit a little bit busy, but you know it's it was it was a a bittersweet uh, thing, you know, uh, transitioning away from Faith Promise. Faith Promise is an amazing church, and and honestly, what what God is doing through that church in Knoxville, Tennessee, doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, mm-hmm. The size of the community and uh, just the demographic and um, the number of people that Faith Promise is reaching, it's. Uh, they reach a very large percentage of the community um, in a very creative way. And so uh, it's hard to walk away from an, an organization that is so um, that's so dynamic in so many ways. And honestly, as a as a leader, I'm a I'm a completely different person as a result of the eight years that that were invested there. And um, it's hard for me to to quantify how much people like Pastor Chris Stevens and, and his wife, Michelle, and um, Chuck Carringer, who was the my boss initially when I, I transitioned out there, and Josh Whitehead, how these uh, people um, just absolutely poured into me. I'm just a different leader today as a result. And they allowed me a very safe way to grow and develop and uh, really improve as, as a people developer myself. And so to, to transition away from that, uh, honestly, the whole process of of exploring the opportunity with Crosspoint. When it came on the scene, initially my, my first response was no, uh, for a variety of reasons. One, I'm, I'm in a place where I'm very well led, and so I, I don't have a motivation to want to look elsewhere and, and consider tra- transitioning churches when you think about it, right? Because that's eight years invested in, right. in a church where I have a level of equity that that most, um, uh, most that, that you don't gain easily, right? You don't you don't get that after a year. You don't get that after two years. There's time invested there, and so the the idea of a prospect of walking away from that just didn't make sense. In addition to the fact that I have a sophomore in high school and mm-hmm. a um, yeah. uh, uh, my oldest, our oldest is is gra- you know just graduated and will start college next year, and our youngest is moving into middle school. So none of this, none yeah. of this makes sense, right? In terms of yeah. just life experience. Um, but you can't deny a, a call from, from God, you know, and that was really what it boiled down to was we just, as, as we kept walking through each doors that opened, we just felt so compelled to go and be a part of what God's doing at Crosspoint. So that's, that's what we're doing. What's the new role at Crosspoint now? Is it the same thing or is it different? It's different. I'm actually stepping into their next gen role. Uh, so currently at Faith Promise, I lead children's ministry birth through fifth grade globally for the six campuses that faith promise has and with this role i will lead next gen ministry which is birth through high school through graduation for their five campuses that they have so a little broader scope definitely <laughs> so yeah. so gina mclean doing middle school ministry i know for real <laughs> you know what? yeah yeah, yeah. This is it's different. What's so funny is I love middle schoolers. They're some of my favorite volunteers um, oh, yeah. to serve in kids ministry. Oh, yeah. They're just great. Um, you know, they 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 can get in the way sometimes, and oh my lord, they do not naturally know the right thing to do. You know, most <laughs> of them don't. 
Um, but they're so receptive and their hearts are so pure. So they're, yeah, middle school ministry. That's awesome. We can make it work. <laughs> okay. So I'm, I'm curious, what, what are some of the things, Gina, that you did to kind of leave, um, leave the best, leave faith promise in the best shape that you possibly could? Right. That's a good question. You know, I think leaving well is probably one of the biggest challenges that leaders have when they transition away from their church. And I, I would I would say that I operated in two spaces. Uh, number one, my, you know, that scripture, uh, guard your heart and mind for it is the wellspring of life. That's the scripture I kept running through my mind, guard your heart and mind. Um, the first thing that I did when I, when I shared with those whom I lead, so uh, staff that I led and vo- key volunteers that I led, uh, with each one of them, when I sat down with them and, and shared with them about my transition, the first thing I said is, hey, Uh, ministry continues, you know, this train keeps going, this plane keeps moving. And just because I'm stepping off of it doesn't mean that anything has to slow down or, or, uh, or change. In fact, if anything, it's a, it would be a win if it gained momentum. And so, uh, so that means that in the next few weeks, as I transition out, there can be awkward moments where you're going to need to have a meeting and you're going to think, well, Gina should be a part of that. And let me just tell you right now, you don't have to be, I don't have to be a part of it. You need to move forward. You need to make decisions. You need to uh, continue to do what you do. And don't worry about the fact that I'm transitioning out or that this might feel hard for me or or difficult or anything like that. Um, Because this is just, this is how it is. You know, Uh, you guys are going to continue to move forward and God's going to lead me in a different direction and that's okay. So the first thing I did, was I, I just wanted to make sure I wanted to give them permission to continue, right? And to not worry about my feelings in, in the process. Uh, but the other thing that, that I did was uh, I, I tried to, you know, work behind the scenes to have good open dialogue with people who I knew uh, would be leading or influencing that team moving forward um, and try to give them as much insight into uh, how they could, how those leaders could continue uh, to push on the flywheel. So for example, my executive pastor is going to step in and, and have temporary leadership over the kids ministry globally while, you know, with my transition. And so it, for, for me, it became my job to make sure that he had everything that he needed to continue to lead that team well, uh, which meant giving him insight into some of the developmental challenges, challenges that some of those, uh, leaders have, um, some of the mountains they're climbing right now. And, um, and and just so that he could go into it knowing uh, what's tackle first. So those are those are the big things. You know, I think it's so important to me to make sure that that my language and my actions are honoring mm. to uh, to the church as a whole. And um, it's it can be a battle, right? Um, it can be a real battle. But at the same time, um, the best thing that I could do, I think the, the greatest compliment I could have is is if my senior pastor says Gina left well and and if God ever directed her back here I I would hire her back again. Wow. So in the mid, in the midst of you you you've also written a book called <laughs> Don't Quit. Don't quit. Yes, I did. <laughs> yeah, which we're which we're gonna get into that um a sure. little bit later too, but uh, one of the things that really stood out to me was this story that you told that whenever you were working at Life Church, mm, and you yeah. were kind of getting in 
uh, a little bit uh, I'll, I'll kind of say like a little bit of a disagreement between you and your boss. Would you mind telling that story? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny. I, I didn't imagine that this would be the story that would highlight so much, but I guess it makes sense. Um, it resonates because everybody wants to do that, I but know, nobody I is brave <laughs> enough to do it. And they're like, oh my gosh, somebody did this. I don't know if that's bravery, though. I don't know that that's bravery, Todd. I think it's just lack of filter is what we're going to call it. Um, uh, but yeah, it, it was just a one of those scenarios where I had allowed a lot of frustration to build up. And um, ultimately, all of it was my own junk. Um, uh, the long short of it is I had some hard conversations with some volunteers that I needed to lean into. And, and I wasn't doing that. Um, I had rationale. I had, I had reasoning behind why I wasn't moving as quickly as my leader felt like I needed to. And uh, when he finally decided that, you know, we're going to have a conversation about this and, and we're going to get to the bottom of it. We sat down in a meeting together, and uh, there were multiple people in the room because apparently, because you know, unfortunately, there were multiple people involved in in the uh, the buildup of this. And um, really, ultimately, it boiled down to we just stood at two at opposite ends of the uh, of the issue. And I finally reached a point where I looked at him and I said, "I'd rather flip hamburgers than to work for you any longer." And and I stood up and I walked out, and that was probably the most um, disrespectful way to end a meeting, you know, um, not at all the way that you want to uh, to respond to your leader at, uh, at all. And, you know, I, we could both point fingers and say there was faults on both sides there and, and be accurate in that. But at the end of the day, uh, the way in which I handled my frustration was totally inappropriate. Um, but it all boiled down to I lacked a set of skills that I needed to have and I needed to have fast um, because I was I was a conflict avoider um, to the greatest degree. And that's really what culminated that day was I had avoided conflict and hard conversations for so long that I finally reached a point where I couldn't escape it any longer. I had to face it. I had to either face it or I was going to be I was going to be out of the minister game for good. Um, and you know, that evening when I went, when I went home, it's funny what happened, you know, after I said that, you know, I, I blurted that out, I stood up and I walked out of the office and, and, uh, I got in my car and I got about a mile down the road and I ran out of gas, you know? What? Um, yeah, I ran out of gas. It was so ridiculous. It was like, it was physically and figuratively, I was completely empty, you know? Mm. And, um, the only person that I could think of at the time to call to come and get me was one of my close friends who happened to be in that meeting. Uh, and so I called her and I said, I, I, I need you to come get me. And she, she came and picked me up and she drove me home. And um, I just, I didn't talk to her the entire ride home. I couldn't talk to her because I knew I was in the wrong. And that night my campus pastor calls me and um, he didn't want to talk much. I don't blame him. He was pretty frustrated with me. Uh, but he, he really just had one question for me, you know, am I in or am I out? You know, do I, do I want to keep doing this thing or do I want to hang it up? And at the time I knew I couldn't say that I was out. I just couldn't. I had to, um, I had to figure out how to get past this thing. I, I knew in, in, in my gut that if I said I was out, 
that I would never grow beyond where I was, no matter where I went, whether I stayed in ministry at another church or, uh, or I went into the business realm or whatever. I was not going to grow beyond where I was if I didn't figure out how to, how to um, overcome this. So, um, so I told them I'm in. I'm not called out. I'm in. And uh, that just kind of put me on a growth trajectory at that point where I had one objective, and that was to figure out how to work through conflict um, and use that as, uh, as a growth um, uh, accelerator uh, as opposed to a showstopper. How have you? What are some of the things that? What are some of the things that you learned about handling conflict through that? What are some of the things I learned about handling conflict? Uh, have the conversation sooner. That was a big mm-hmm. one. So have it sooner. I. The thing is, is I didn't trust my gut. There was something in me when I, I knew in my gut that when when there was something that wasn't right, whether I could completely discern what it was. Uh, was not the point. I knew something was wrong. And my problem was, is I want to get to, um, I wanted to be absolutely certain. And the reason why I want to be absolutely certain is, is really ultimately is rooted in insecurity because I wanted to be right. And if, mm. if I couldn't be absolutely certain, that means that I couldn't be, that meant I couldn't be absolutely right. And if I couldn't be absolutely right, then that means somebody would be able to find fault with it and find me wrong. And, and my, you know, my um, self-esteem couldn't take that. Mm. And so as a result, I would wait. I would wait and I would watch. And I would, again, I'd have a check in my spirit. I would, I'd have something in my gut that would say, something's not right here. Something's, uh, I need to have this conversation. I need to lean into this. But, but I would stop and I would hold back because I didn't have all the details. I didn't have all the facts. I didn't have a complete solution worked out. Um, so what I learned from it was just have the conversation um, and be curious, mm. you know, so I can ask questions about something that doesn't seem right to me, and it can either lead me to answers or it can lead me deeper down the rabbit hole towards more questions. At the end of the day, I'm leaning into something that I should be leaning into rather than stepping back and avoiding it. What's the line between where you, you get to that point and when it is actually time to say, okay, this is something that I need to step away from? Uh, tell, what do you mean? So you, you talk about how when, when there, there are con, there's conflict that happens, there are things that, that we get into. What's, mm-hmm. What have you found to be the, the point where, okay, I need to continue to lean into this and kind of drill down on it, and hey, maybe yeah. it is actually time for me to step away? Mm. To step away from the conflict? Step away from the conflict or even to step away from the job itself. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think that... You can go pretty far before it's time to step away. I think uh, that's my personal experience, but my personal experience is limited. So you got to take that with a grain of salt. Um, the There's always further you can go in a conversation. I think that where a hard conversation is going to end is when somebody in the equation is not teachable, right? Yeah. So if somebody in the equation is not teachable, then that's where you're kind of at an impasse. Either you're not teachable or they're not teachable. Either way, you're at an impasse, and so it's really hard to move forward if somebody isn't willing to learn from what they discover. So I think that's 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 a key in, in it as far as knowing um, how far are you going to get towards resolution. Um, the, to answer your question about when to know when to step away, I think that um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna apply it to my my recent scenario. We know in transitioning away from faith promise again. Um, 
it's an amazing church, an amazing organization, and it's very well led by some pretty talented um, leaders. Um, here's the bottom, the long and short of it. Uh, Faith Promise has two leadership positions over the next generation. They have a global student leader and a global kids leader. And I was in that global kids leader seat. Um, I had a great working relationship, have a great working relationship with the global student pastor. Um, but it is not in the, the future plans for Faith Promise to have a single leader over next generation from, from nursery to high school. Uh, through graduation. That's not part of the the current strategy that Faith Promise is using in order to reach the Knoxville community. And that is neither good nor bad. It just is. So for me, in the conversations that I've had with my leadership, which um, I thank God were highly productive and very open, um, at the end of the day, we had to agree to disagree that um, the space in which I want to operate is in the next-gen realm, and it's with the opportunity to lead next-gen from nursery through high school and to bring um, continuity and to bring, um, um, you know, a certain uh, approach and strategy towards those two ministries that um, you can only gain o under um, single leadership. And so for me, the decision to, to leave came down to uh, we had a difference of opinion as to um, uh, how NextGen could operate. And uh, I opted to, to transition to Crosspoint where I'd have the opportunity to, to lead from nursery all the way through high school. Mm -hmm. So I hope that answers your question. That's, I think it's just sometimes you reach a point where you're at an impasse and you just have to decide because I could have done either one. I could have remained at Faith Promise and honestly would still continue to do quality ministry mm -hmm. at Faith Promise Church um, with some really quality leaders. Um, I think this is one of the situations where God said, you know what? You can make a choice, you know, decide which yeah. one do you want to do. They're tough calls to make, you know, they're not, um, they're not simple. I, I hope that nobody ever takes that decision lightly to yeah. uh, transition away from a church, right? Um, because again, the, the disruption, the disruption can be significant. And, um, you know, our, our desire in our heart is to move the mission of the house forward, right? Mm -hmm. uh, to move the vision of that church forward. That's why we are there. And to, to do anything counter to that um, is dishonoring, not just to the leader, leadership of the church, but dishonoring to the Lord. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, thinking about, I'm thinking about leadership and and I'm just thinking about how how when we when we talk about conflict and when we talk about um, how we can how we can work through that the thing that, that that that's popped into my mind is what what does it take as a leader to be able to push through conflict and to be able to say okay I understand that we might be on opposite sides of this how do you work together in in that. Whenever you have somebody, yeah. and this could be either you're leading them or you're being yeah. led by them. How, how do you yeah. do that well? Well, I think there's, so there's this book that I, uh, I recently discovered. My husband discovered it and recommended it. Recommended, it's called uh, Radical Candor by Kim Scott. Mm. And I highly yeah. recommend it. Now, I'm not going to read the rest of the, uh, of the title <laughs> because it's got, a, it's got a word in there that wouldn't be appropriate to our audience. So it is a business book. Um, and so in that business book, there's some language. So if you are okay with that, then I recommend 
uh, reading this book or listening to it. I have it on, I have, I've got the physical copy and I've got it on the audible. I've listened to it. Now, um, I'm, I'm three quarters of the way through my second, uh, time through the audible version. And the reason why I recommend it so much is because I love how Kim takes the prospect of, of, uh, leading people and leading people well comes down to being radically candid and you cannot reach a point of being radically candid unless you're willing uh, to, to, um, oh gosh, I'm forgetting the language right now, unless you're willing to challenge directly and to care deeply, right? In fact, she puts that on an X, Y axis. And she says that the extent to which you would, you can care deeply and challenge directly that at that cross point is what she calls being radically. It is where it creates the opportunity to be radically candid, right? Because when you think about it, when we're in the we're in the people development business, it's what we do. As as leaders, we are about figuring out where is this person. So this person that we're leading, whether we lead them directly or we stand shoulder to shoulder with them, we're still leading, right? So where are they now, and where do they need to go? What is their next step? Uh, so if I if I want to take an, an example, I had a young woman that I recently. Uh, brought onto my team and just a ton of talent in terms of what's what what she's capable of um, and what she's capable of leading down the road. Um, right now, I would say her biggest nemesis is her self-confidence. It is nothing else. She has great instincts with people. Um, she has great communication skills. And uh, so there's a lot of things about leadership that come natural to her. Her challenge comes in confidence. She doesn't trust her gut. So for me, my job is to teach her how to think, right? My job is to figure out how do I help her to trust her instincts more? Her instincts are there and they're on target. How do I help her to trust them? So that means that my development process for her is looking for opportunities to affirm where she has uh, where her, her gut is right and she acted on it well and to challenge her where she ha is not acting on her gut, right? Mm -hmm. So I've got to do those things. Well, the thing is, is that I can do those without a, outside of a relationship. But all I have with her then is a boss-employee um, type relationship where I'm basically just telling her what to do. That's only going to go so far. It will go so much further when I choose to invest in her personally, right? Invest in, in a relationship with her, make sure that she understands how much I care for her, not just for her, but for her husband, for her, her, uh, her family. You know, I care about the person that she is and the person that she's growing to become. And as I do those things, as, as I build a relationship with her, then it affords me the opportunity to open that door to uncomfortable conversations with her, right? And to say, hey, can I just give you some feedback on that, that on that decision you just made? And if she trusts me, she's going to open that door and say, yeah, and she's going to hear that feedback because she's going to receive the feedback in a context of relationship. She's going to understand that I care about her. I want what's best for her. I want more for her. And because I want more for her, I'm willing to give her feedback that might be hard to hear, but is valuable because it's going to make her better. Mm-hmm. So I'm a I'm a huge fan of of radical candor and just the idea of of in developing people we've got to build just amazing relationships with them so that we we basically create a, a bridge of trust to cross 
so that we can give them hard feedback that's going to help them to take the next step that they need to take uh, in their development. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I'm curious about, and you talked about it a little bit, of you know, learning to trust your gut more. And you even talked about it in, in the story of, uh, of Life Church. Were, yeah. Was there anything specifically um, that you did to kind of develop those instincts in yourself? Yes. So I, I, I would say that it wasn't immediate. Um, if I could point to that moment and say that was a turning point for me in terms of my leader development, because it, it took something that was a blind spot and it made it glaringly obvious, you know? Uh, so, so the day before that meeting, I wouldn't have told you that I was a conflict avoider. You know, I wouldn't have told you that. But the day after that meeting, I was staring in the mirror going, I'm the biggest conflict avoider on the planet, you know? Um, so it was, I suddenly, my blind spot was exposed and, and I saw it for what it was. And as hard as it was to see, I knew I could overcome it, but that even that took time. Um, I would say that that one of the first things that I did was in order to to grow in this area was I just started to have conversations sooner, whether I felt equipped or not, whether I felt ready or not, whether I felt like I had the right information or not. I just started having conversations sooner. Like that was literally the, literally the word that, that would pop in my mind. Sooner, sooner, sooner. Mm -hmm. Don't wait. Just have it now. Um, and so that. Sometimes that went well, sometimes it didn't. <laughs> sometimes <laughs> it blew up in my face because I didn't have the, you know, I just didn't have the uh, the information that I needed. Um, or I didn't have, I just, whatever it was, I just, I, I lacked uh, what I felt like I needed in order to, to navigate the conversation mm -hmm. well. Um, but you know what? Just like with anything else, just like with the sports, it reps helped me. So the more often I had the conversation, the more often I, I leaned into it, the better I got at navigating them. The more I would enter in with curiosity rather than certainty, um, the more I would enter in with grace rather than um, condemnation, condemnation and judgment. So, um, and that was over a period of several, uh, I would say um, several years. Mm -hmm. uh, but you know what, Caleb, I think the, I, I talk about this all the time, but it was such a game changer for me. The thing that really made a big change or big difference in, in me in terms of my trust, again, trusting my gut, right, uh, was beginning to change the way that I thought. Mm. Um, again, I had some valuable people in my life that, that this is how God is so faithful. This is how he helps us, right? He brought some people into my life that helped me to see another blind spot that I had. And that was uh, the, the thoughts that ran through my head all the time. Um, I don't, I don't know how many people, how many other people struggle with this. I don't know that this is a, um, uh, you know, I don't know if it's a guy thing, a girl thing. I just have no idea. I know, all I know is who's in my head and who was in my head was incredibly unhealthy. And the things that I would say to myself were so, um, I mean, just, just horrible. And, uh, I would never say some of the things I would say to myself, I would never say to anybody else, but I said them to myself I had learned to. Um, it was a it was a dialogue in my head that I had going uh, uh, for as long as I can remember. And the thing is, is the crazy part about it is, it was actually a a motivator for me for a long time. For a like, long time, like trying trying to prove the voice in your head yeah. wrong. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. It, it spurred me on. Yes. Hmm. It was. It was the thing. It was the fuel for my fire. Yeah. I don't know if I was necessarily trying to prove it wrong. Maybe I was, I think I was, uh, I was trying to be better, you know, yeah. 
um, whenever I would make a mistake, it would affirm the dialogue in my head. And I was trying to overcome that. Um, and so it was definitely something that was a fuel for me for a long time. And then it became a shackle. And the, the shift as to when it was what helped me versus what hurt me was very subtle. I don't think ultimately that it ever really helped me. Um, but it definitely was one of those moments where what got you here is not going to get you there kind of thing. And, mm -hmm. um, and I finally realized that the dialogue in my head was hurting me more than helping me. And it had to change. Um, that's when I started to, to recognize, I remember reading the scripture when Paul talked about how, um, uh, um, it, you know, transformation comes through the renewing of our mind, right? Uh, renewing the way that we think. It means changing the way that we think. And the only way we can change the way that we think is to align our thoughts with God's word, you know, with the truth of his word. And so, which meant that I had to, to start comparing the thought that just ran through my head. How does that compare with the truth of God's word? And that's when, when I started making that comparison, I realized, wow, my thoughts were so toxic. And they were not true at all. Now, I was treating them as, as if they were true, and I built my life on them as if they were true. Um, but they were not true. They were lies. And so for me, I went on a journey of begin, being, beginning to capture those truths, submitting them to Christ, and replacing them with the truth of God's Word. And it was the, uh, that was the most transformative part of my journey uh, so far was, was literally changing the way that I think. Um, and it's a, it's a day by day. It's still a day by day process. I still have a list of, of, um, I call them declarations, um, that I repeat, uh, every morning. And, um, and I, I repeat them because I need to be reminded of what the truth is. Uh, because if I'm not reminded of what the truth is, then I'm tempted to create it myself. Mm -hmm. Um, and often what I create is not always accurate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm just curious, you know, you talked about the declarations. Was there anything else that you did to remind yourself of that truth? Uh, the anything else I did to remind myself of that truth, I had to ask people to hold me accountable. That was big. Um, yeah. You know, so I had to ask people and that was super uncomfortable. Right. Uh, but there are people that I work with that I knew cared deeply about me. And so I had to open the door and say to them, hey, I need help here because I need to grow in this area. And so I need you to help me, help me to learn what is it like to be on the other side of me? You know, so uh, when I sit in these leadership meetings, so this was a uh, recent thing for me, right? Um, uh, I have some peers that care deeply about me and um, I wanna do better and I wanna contribute well to our our uh, leadership meetings that we have. And, um, and so, we see, you know, in a one-on-one -on -one meeting we had recently, um, I asked them that very question. Hey, here's what I'm learning about me. This is what I, I share with them. Here's what I'm learning about me. I use vulnerability as a way to gain trust, right? Not in a manipulative way. I just understand that. Gosh, when when we share each other, when we share our mistakes with other people, we're just more real, and people trust us more, right? I'm the same way. I don't I don't tend to trust somebody who seems like they've they've got it all going on. Um, but you tell me where you've, where you've stepped in it and I trust you a little bit more because I've stepped in it too. We all have. So I use vulnerability as a way of, of gaining trust, but it can be a, 
a tripping point for me sometimes because sometimes I can can um, share, I can be almost too vulnerable, especially in a leadership context, to a point that it could hurt me. It can actually hinder my ability to lead those around me. And so, and knowing that, knowing that's a blind spot for me, I invited him to to hold me accountable and let me know. Would you give me feedback on when you see me do that? And be specific, so don't be general, be specific, because I need specifics. Oh, yeah. So, you know, be specific and help me to see and recognize when am I doing that so that I can improve and grow in that area. So mm-hmm. ask, inviting people to hold me accountable um, and to, to, you know, to basically answer that question, what's it like to be on the other side of me, um, was, was really transformative as well in growing. It, it seems like it's a consistent thread that I hear leaders who, who say a couple things that you just said. And I, and I just wanted to point this out because I think it's, I think it's key to understanding how, how, A, how to lead well and, and B, how to, to, and this is the key one, how to lead yourself well. Because that's essentially what yeah. you were doing. You talk, about, right. you talk about really what you're saying is self-talk. So you talk about the yes. declarations. Mm-hmm. Then, then there's, then there's um, renewing of your mind. So aligning yourself with God's word and then yep. seeking out other people to, to be able to come alongside you and in a loving way. Like this, isn't, like this isn't in a, hey, here's the 10 things that you suck at and here's the other 10 that right. you're not really good at. Right, right, um, yeah. It's, a, it's an intentional, hey, I need you to help me in this specific area. Yeah. What are other things that you have done to kind of lead yourself, whether it's through these seasons of transition or just to continue to help yourself to be a better leader and a better, like you said, a better developer yeah. of people? Yeah. Yeah. I think the knowing myself and knowing my rhythms has been uh, pretty, pretty pivotal for me. Understanding when do I need to, uh, to lay off? Because again, I am, I'm a, I'm a very hungry person. And uh, so much that I can create, I'm, I'm kind of funny about it. I'm a podcast junkie, right? So I love podcasts and it's so much to the point that there's so many that I listen to. I have to listen to them on double time in order to be able to listen to all of them, you know? Don't we all? I know. Oh, so yeah. it's just, it's so twisted. It's so twisted. And so if, if there was ever anybody on the, on the, on a podcast that has an accent, like it frustrates the crud out of me. Cause I, I got to <laughs> scale them back to time and a half. Cause then I might not be able to understand what they're saying. Uh, I, I resonate with change. Right? I'm the same one. <laughs> so my problem is, is I will create this arbitrary stress in my life because I have all of these podcasts that I listen to and I have to listen to all of them. I can't possibly miss one of them because if I miss one, I'm going to miss something valuable that's going to be the turning point in my leadership, right? So I put so much pressure on myself, you know, to learn and to grow and to be better. And and it's just another layer of that insecurity that God is saying, hey, if you're ready to work through this, Gina, then I'm just waiting, you know? Gina, are you a three on the Enneagram? Um, yes, actually. Yeah, I knew I it! I knew it! <laughs> <laughs> so Todd's laughing right now. Do you know how I know I this? am a three as yes. well. And yes. uh, you're reading my mail, Gina. I'm, I'm so literally like having this. a com- I feel like right now Gina and I are having a conversation that Caleb and I have literally on a <laughs> weekly basis. And people who listen to this podcast know that I absolutely yeah. love it when other people are threes because I've got 
all these people and then that I can take care of because I'm a two, <laughs> because I'm a two and I can just uh, love on you all. I can just love on you yeah, and take yeah. care of you. Oh, this man. Is so it's so not right. Yeah. This is so it's, fun. It's, it, I, it, I, sometimes I think, why, Gina, do you put this pressure on yourself? In fact, honestly, the best thing that happened to me, Caleb, was two weeks mm. ago, my phone started acting up and I took it into Apple and the guy said, well, this is odd. You have a software virus, you know, you got, and so we have to completely wipe your phone and you can't, I, like, I couldn't take it home and, and re-update it with my, uh, my backup because I would reintroduce the problem to my phone. So they completely erased it. I lost all my contacts. I lost all my apps and I lost all my podcasts. So now now I'm only adding back the podcast that I know I absolutely love. So it's like this forced betting, you know, where I had to let go of. <laughs> Caleb, I feel like you I'm and I do this. You. I feel like Caleb and I do this once a month because I actually. So that's uh, podcasts are my addiction. So bad. And I feel like Caleb and I, we sit down and we do this about once. Once oh, yeah. a month, we compare, yeah. and then like once a quarter, we've actually done a clean out like together. Like no, we'll good. go it's together good. and we'll go. Yeah. And, and it's so bad that it's like, Caleb, I have 80 on Overcast. How many do you have? Okay. He's like, I have oh. 87. No, it has not and, got that high. And, and then we're like, let's cut it down to like 40. And yeah. then we cut it down to 40. And then we're like, all right, let's cut this thing down to, can we get it to 25? And 25 it's is so like, painful. 25 oh, yeah. is like, oh, man. Oh because my what gosh! What are you gonna do? Are you gonna leave out? Are you gonna leave out Launch University, or are you gonna leave out yeah. Carrie Newhoff's leadership podcast, or are you gonna oh my... leave out Craig Rochelle or Andy Stan? I can't. I can't handle it. I can't do it. I can't do it. It's like you're you're talking about cutting off a limb. Okay. Yeah. Do you understand that a goal in my life is to have Carrie? Once I have Carrie Newhoff on this podcast, I'm good. And if I listen to him every week. Uh -huh. Somehow, it, the universe is going to allow it to happen, and if I have to delete that podcast off of my, I just I can't. I can't, <laughs> I can't do, it. do it. Can't do I it. Can't I do know. It. I know. So yeah, for me, getting back to the the original question, the original my thing. Understand? Yeah. <laughs> Take it back. <laughs> Understanding my rhythms is so important, and so that's what uh, um, what I've tried to lean into more. I'm in that season right now. Like I need to. I I knew I was reaching that point a few weeks ago, and so I went. And I grabbed a fiction book. Um, and I'm going to read, I'm, I'm laying down all of my leadership books. The only one I'm not, I'm still going to read is one called the first 90 days, uh, because my, uh, my leadership coach recommended that for this new season that, um, I'm, I'm leaning into. So, uh, I'll read that one. And, but that's the only leadership book that I will read over the next uh, two weeks. Instead, I'm going to bury myself in a fictional book because my brain just needs to, to, uh, it just needs to 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 operate in a different space right now. Um, so understanding my 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 rhythms and giving myself permission to play like that has been uh, has been a really refreshing learning for me. Mm -hmm. Well, Gina, I feel like we could talk with you for another hour. But I know <laughs> that's fun. <laughs> so that just means we'll need to have you back on the podcast. I later. love it. That'd be awesome. That'd be um, great. But as we're wrapping up, we have a few questions that we'd love to ask all of our guests. And yeah. the first one is this. What right now is helping you, or what's one thing right now that's helping you either personally or professionally right now? What is one thing helping you personally or professionally right now? Um, uh, I am, I know this is going to sound really funny, but I have gone back to paper and pencil, paper mm -hmm. and pen. 
Um, I, it's probably not going to be a permanent thing. Don't I'm do it. I'm not going to claim it as a permanent no. thing. No. You, you're going to do this for two but, weeks. No. <laughs> Come maybe, on. Maybe. But I'll take a break. It's okay. Um, I have always been... I've always been a an Evernote junkie. I love Evernote, and uh, it really is how I order my life. Uh, but right now in this season, I say, but I still use it. I'm just using paper and pen to uh, to document things, to create my to do lists, and um, and to uh, just to write things out more. And then I'm just capturing that on on Evernote so that I still have the notes and. Man, you get a you get a paid version, and it can even identify my handwriting, which honestly is magic. Because it freaks me out. My handwriting is bad, you know. But <laughs> that that in journaling, I have picked up journaling in 2018. That was one of my goals was to be consistent in journaling and um, journaling out, like writing out uh, what were the what were the great things I saw good God do, do today, um, and uh, what are the 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 biggest questions that I just wish God would hurry up and answer in my life right now. Um, journaling through those thoughts have been such a, a clarifying um, process for me over the past several months that I highly recommend it to anybody. And if you don't journal out your thoughts, I would do it. Just getting it out of your head and onto paper, there's so much value to that. How do you learn best? How do I learn best? How do you learn best? Um, I got to do it. Whatever it is, I've got to do it. I've just got to get my hands in it. So um, I'm a doer. Uh, uh, I am definitely a leap before you think kind of person. So I'm going to jump in the dive in, the, the deep end, and then I'm going to think about all the things I need in order to swim to the other side. Um, but a lot of it is because I just I am I'm also a creative person, and so I love the idea of just diving right in and figuring it out along the way. To me, instructions are there to refer to when you get stuck, <laughs> you know? So yeah. when you're stuck, that's when you look back at the directions and you go, oh, that's how you do it. You know, so I just, I have to get my hands into it and I've just got to start and do it. If you could have everybody learn one thing, and it, this could be leadership, this could be everybody needs to know how to make scrambled eggs the proper way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What would that one thing be? Uh, love first, inform later. That would be it. Love first, inform later. We, uh, especially as Christ followers, we want so much to inform, you know, to tell people um, what we believe and why we believe it. And um, it isn't that there there's value in that. Definitely. I mean, that's what Christ called us to do is to go and uh, and make disciples. But we make disciples by loving them. Uh, to our Heavenly Father, not by informing them to our Heavenly Father. And so, um, man, it's been a lifelong journey. The past 18 years, I feel like I've spent the last 18 years saying to my kids, um, hey, uh, if you have to begin every conversation with, well, technically, then you need to shut your mouth. Because <laughs> if you have to respond to every technicality, that's exhausting. Stop. Love mm -hmm. first. <laughs> inform later um i just think i think life and our relationships and experiences ministry would be so much better if that's what we did first yeah and then our final question is what are you learning right now what am i learning right now um i'm, I'm learning that getting the junk having a regular intervals to get the junk out of your life 
has so much value. So I talk about, I, I mean that mentally, I mean that spiritually, I mean that physically, right? So mentally, um, journaling, I said, that was one of my goals this year was, was journaling. I want to, I want to, um, process through my thoughts more regularly. Right. And that has been very cathartic for me, uh, to journal and get my thoughts out on paper. So mentally that's been really good. Um, spiritually with, uh, the, I've, I've added new declarations to, um, uh, to the, the ones that I, I recite on a daily basis. So spiritually, that's been very, um, uh, it's been good for me because it's helped me to work through some of the junk in my head. And then physically, man, I'm going through eight years of stuff in my house. And I'm like, why am I still, why do I still have this? I'm not moving it. Spoken <laughs> not by, moving it to natural. Spoken by a three <laughs> who's moving. That's right. <laughs> so I am, I, it's just, there's something about, it's so funny. God is so faithful because he's always going to bring us to a point where he, he uh, he he turns us towards something that he wants us to work through, right? Mm. To vet through. He he turns us towards something, and he's gonna. And all the only question he's asking is, "Are you ready to do this now? Mm-hmm. You know, are you ready to do this now? Because if you're not, that's okay. We're gonna walk around this mountain again, and we're gonna come back to this place, and I'm gonna give it the chance again. You know, um, because that's how much I love you. But if you're if you're ready to work through it now, then let's just work through it now. You know, so that's that's what I'm learning. Cool. Well, Gina, as we mentioned at the beginning, you recently had a book come out called Don't Quit. Don't Quit. And if people continue to follow you and learn from you, where's the best place for them to get the book? Where's the best place for them to continue to learn from you? Yeah. So the book is available on uh, the best place to buy it is actually on a website called Don't Don't Quit Book.com. Um, we have Jessica, I co-wrote the book with Jessica Beeler, who, uh, led in children's ministry for, uh, for 18 years. She was actually recently at Elevation Church. Um, and now she's working, she and her husband, Frank, are working, uh, with the Orange, uh, with the Rethink Group and Orange out of Atlanta now. Um, but she and I co-wrote the book and we did this really cool, uh, event last March. It was on Facebook, and it was just a Facebook group. It was a coaching group that we did around the Don't Quit content. And we did that through the month of March. We're going to do another one. It was so successful. Uh, We had over 1,700 ministry leaders participate, everywhere from children's ministry to next-gen ministry to student ministry to we had some uh, executive pastors in the mix as well. So it was a very broad range of leaders. And um, it was so much fun that we're going to do another one. We're actually going to launch it in June. And so if you listen to this podcast um, uh, right around the month of June, then you can go to don'tquitbook.com. You can sign up for that free uh, coaching Facebook group and participate in that. Um, and with that always comes some additional free leadership resources. Uh, you can also get the book on Amazon. It's available, uh, physical version, paperback, and Kindle as well. So, Awesome. Well, Gina, we've had a great time talking with you today. Thanks so much for being on the podcast. Okay, Todd? What'd you take away from our conversation with Gina? First off, I love Gina. Gina, you're awesome. Um, So that's the first thing. Here's the second thing is um, I think that oftentimes whenever we leave a job um, or when we're transitioning, let's just say not even have to be job, but transitioning, uh, transitioning in life stages, whatever. Um, I think that the idea that oftentimes people have is once the decision's made, it's how fast, how fast. Can I get into this next job, this next life stage, and how painlessly can I do this and just get away from whatever's going on and just kind of, we want to, what? We want to move on, right? 
And I think what Gina talked about in that episode is something that resonated with me, something that I, I mentioned in the article um, that I put out on Medium, which is this, that, you know, there is there is something to be gained from still living in that gray, in that in-between time, and how to do it well so that it, you're, you're handing off your baton and you haven't dropped the baton and the baton isn't dirty, right? There's something to be said about that. Um, and so I talked about that in the article about how, you know, nobody wants to, to be handed a, a dirty baton. And so we, we need to be able to, to lead well, even in the moments when we're transitioning out of a place or into something. We need to be able to lead well. We need to set people up for success. We need to do that at the highest level possible. Because of that, um, I think that's, that, that was my biggest takeaway was just how Gina has, has done that system she set up, how she's mm -hmm. empowering people and, and continue to work through that. And I'm just going to throw this in there. The tips on handling conflict. Oh, my gosh. So good. Now, if you enjoyed this episode, we have another great episode for you Caleb, next. Where are all these we, episodes coming from? I don't know. I think they're just appearing out of thin air. Gosh. But we have a great episode for you next week. Next week, we're talking with Joseph Sojourner, a.k.a. Sojo. And we have a great conversation to where we talk about the church, we talk about race, we talk about culture, we talk about hip-hop, we talk about, ooh, think about it, we talk about it. Yeah. And that's going to come out next Tuesday. This dude. Also, we just want to remind you that all throughout the month of June, two episodes, two episodes a week. Times two. Which is why you're... This episode dropped on Thursday. By the way, if y'all haven't been checking your 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 playlists, you're probably getting blown up right now. Yeah, get on that. Get on it. And again, the best way to make sure you don't miss the, our next episode, by subscribing to our podcast Subscribe. on whatever podcast player you use. Also, if this podcast has helped you anyway, or if you want to show support for this podcast, the best way you can do it is by leaving us a rating and writing a review of the podcast on iTunes. Do that junk. Share on social media. Let us know what you're learning on social media and tag us either on the Learner's Corner or our own personal um, Instagram, Twitter, Twitter whatever. Facebook, whatever you want to do. At me. Tag us in it. At Todd. He would appreciate all those ads and all those mentions. Make me sound like I'm thirsty. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of the Learner's Corner Podcast. My name is Caleb Mason. And my name is Todd Hicksonball. And until next time, keep learning and keep growing. Deuces, y'all.